Welcome to episode 63 of the MR Running Pains podcast. My name is Aaron Saft. I am here at home um, just having received my second dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine uh, yesterday. So um, actually feeling okay. <laughs> Went out for a um, two-hour run today. Uh, wasn't planning on getting too far from the car, but once I got into the run... Um, I was feeling just fine, so decided to keep going. A um, little bit tired, a little bit lethargic, but um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I've got the second vaccine and um, can now do a few more things uh, responsibly, of course. But um, yeah, it's you know, it's it's all good. Uh, my dog Miles and I are are hanging out. Um, put a few things together for this podcast. Um, today we're, uh, we're, we're going to go over a few things. Um, my, my, uh, my friend Scott Sosha, who is a pedorthist and, and now owns Footer X, the old running store that I was a part of, um, he'll be on the podcast coming up here soon. So part of this will be a precursor to that show. Um, I'm going to talk about, um, my footwear and the choices I make in deciding, um, you know, what, what footwear to use. I don't think we can ever, um, talk enough about shoes. Um, and I've been trying out quite a few recently. Uh, there's a few that I am excited that are coming out that I can't wait to get my hands on and and get some running miles on. Um, but, um, you know, I've, I've put some, some new shoes through the, the ringer and, um, you know, I try to review those on my, um, my newsletter, which, um, you know, May 1st is already coming up upon us. So, um, be doing another review really soon. <laughs> um, but, uh, gonna, gonna talk about my trail shoes today. Uh, perhaps another day I'll, t- I'll talk about road shoes, but, um, I spend a lot of my time in my trail shoes, obviously. So, um, so that's, that's going to be part of it. Um, and just the, the state of, of shoes in general, from my view, I'm sure, uh, I'll go over, uh, Scott and my friend Joe will be on the podcast as well. We'll, we'll get into it, but, um, you know, this one, I kind of wanted to talk about some of my, my choices and why I use them and what you should look for in your, your shoes. So, um, but yeah, I've got a, got a lot of things, uh, I want to touch base on, um, some really cool stuff happening, uh, just in our sport. Uh, so again, you know, um, we're gonna, we're gonna go over quite a few things here. Um, Uh, my son, I uh, want to talk about <laughs> what's going on there. He's uh, started his track season, so I'm coaching his team right now. And um, he had his first race the other day, and uh, we'll have his second race tomorrow. Uh, that'll be Thursday when the podcast actually comes out. Uh, and uh, I appreciate those of you that reached out. Uh, I posted on Facebook about his first uh, results and, and Instagram. And, uh, I really appreciate everybody reaching out. That means a lot. And I'm glad you enjoyed the episodes where he's been on. Uh, hopefully, you know, as the season goes on, maybe, maybe he'll come back on. So we'll, we'll touch base on what's going on there. Cause, uh, the footwear, um, we made some, some choices preseason. Uh, so we're going to talk about those as well. Um, but I thought we'd start with, um, just kind of, a. We had a, a great race in the area. Now, traditionally here in Western North Carolina, um, shut-in um, is one of the historical uh, races that uh, you know our area is known for. Um, I, I, we've talked about it in the past. Um, I did it virtually with uh, one of my best friends, David Workman, um, in November, and um, it's a you know about a seventeen and a half mile run. 
you gain about 5,000 feet and, and lose 3,000 feet um, running from the French Broad River up to uh, the uh, kind of the parking lot of Mount Pisgah. Um, that is, it's such a great local race. It, uh, it really does bring in great competition so far as, uh, both men and women. Um, it's very, you know, kind of balanced in that regard that we see talent on both sides of the race. And, um, you know, the, the course records are extremely fast. And, uh, we had a, a race recently here, um, in Western North Carolina, um, over in the, um, Montreat area. Montreat College, uh, called Seven Sisters. Um, our friends at Tanawa Adventures put it on. Um, that's Brandon Thrower. Uh, Greg Little actually uh, was the RD for this one because uh, Brandon, I believe, just had uh, another baby. So congratulations, Brandon. Um, but the Seven Sisters uh, 25K is, uh, is a great grueling trail race. I think there's over 3,000 feet of gain uh, in, in a 25K. So, uh, you know, really, really tough uh, tough race. And, uh, we had, I mean, just a who's who of, uh, of runners race this. When you look through the top 10, I couldn't believe, you know, the names that were out there, um, you know, and, and not to take anything away from the women. Um, I, you know, I didn't recognize the women's side as much. So apologies to the ladies. Uh, I'll review the, the winners, but I mean, when Corey, uh, Kean, from uh, he's he's actually um, I believe he's assistant coach out at uh, App State um, University. Um, he is uh, gosh uh, a, a super fast marathoner. Um, Corey um, Corey took the overall over Ryan Woods. Um, Ryan was my old teammate at NC State. Ryan um, obviously you know he's fierce on the trails, uh, shorter distances up to fifty k. He's um, I'm not sure if Ryan's gone beyond 50 K, but he, you know, he is still cranking away 42 years old, taking second overall. Um, Ryan is, um, big in the OCR world, the uh, obstacle course racing and Spartan and such. Um, he has definitely, um, found, uh, found his place on the podium there, um, in a consistent manner. So, uh, Ryan took second to Corey, uh, and Corey blazed the time. Um, it was a course record two Oh two thirty four which is absolutely smoking for that course. Um, and one of our locals, Devin DeHull, uh, he took third. Um, Devin uh, has, um, he's always been, uh, you know, up at the, the front of the race for, uh, for shut-in and such. Um, Javen Lapp uh, was fourth place overall. Um, Javen just recently set the FKT on the Art Loeb Trail. Um, my goodness. And he crushed it. Um, Javen ran five thirty nine twenty, five five hours, 39 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, according to fastestknowntime.com, um, Javen was going to run with me. Um, if you had been listening to the podcast last year when I was going to go after the FKT and ended up hurting my calf, um, he went out and ran it. Uh, his time is listed there. Um, uh, it was six fourteen twenty nine, so the second second fastest known time um, on the website. Um, so Javen just crushed it and ran five thirty nine. It's incredible. 
Um, so congratulations to Javen on the uh, Art Lobe. Um, as I mentioned before, David Workman, who's going to be in the results here as well, he and I are going to go do Art Lobe just for fun this weekend. No, <laughs> not trying to <laughs> crush any time like uh, like Javen, but Javen took fourth. Um, good friend, uh, Shiloh Milky. Um, did great. Shiloh is the course record holder at the shut-in. Um, we, uh, the virtual one had a different course and there was a faster time this year by Brian Atkins, but, um, for the original course, Shiloh Milky still is the course record holder. He has two times under 220 on that course, which is smoking fast. Um, yours truly has the third fastest time in 219. So, um, Shiloh took fifth overall. Um, so we had, uh, two masters in the top five, <laughs> way to go, Ryan and Shiloh representing the masters. Um, and then Michael Brinkman in sixth, um, Eric Martinez, who's been on my podcast and is one of my athletes, uh, was seventh place overall. And then, um, Bushan Suresh was eighth. And then my man, David Workman, 50 years old. Holy cow. 50 years old, Dave. Top 10. Um, I say that cause I'm always amazed, you know, that <laughs> Dave Workman, 50 years old. That's incredible, man. He's still crushing it. Love that guy. Um, just really cool to see. And then rounding out the top 10 was, um, Tucker deal, um, from Boone and, uh, first female was, let's see here. Um, Jennifer sober. Uh, she's listed from Jupiter, Florida. Uh, I'm not sure, um, if that's correct or not but uh, we'll go with it first place uh, uh so far as where she's from jennifer sober um second place female rebecca johnson from freeze virginia that's over by the draper trail if you've ever run the uh, new river 50k um and then third place female was um olivia pantano uh, from Asheville. all right so congratulations to those top three um I, like I said, just, you know, it's an awesome course. Um, I imagine it's on trail run project. Um, Brandon usually posts the course up on there. So if you're ever in the area, want a really cool 25 K ish run, you know, it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 miles. Um, you know, it could be a little bit more, it could be a little bit less, but, um, fantastic course, uh, seven sisters, 25 K in the Montreat area. So check that out. Um, just wanted to really just kind of, uh, give that race, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, accolades that it deserves. It's really shaping out to be a, um, uh, uh, an amazing race. And in that area, um, kind of following along there, um, you know, it's the, that's also the hellbender area. Um, the hellbender 100, uh, which we have begun to, um, you know, put the permits together for that. Um, we, I've done a little bit more talking. The um, they're called the the G Five Trail Collective, um, and uh, I'll put their uh, their uh, website in the show notes. Uh, they are doing a tremendous job of adding new trails and and maintaining trails in that area. Uh, they are really trying to make that a trail mecca, um, of which it really already is, but. They're trying to do so much more. Um, so um, we're uh, going to try to support that race with, with Hellbender. Um, you know, initially I had been told that we would be able to use the trail coming out of Camp Greer uh, where we start so that we wouldn't have to use the road. And unfortunately, um, it's, it's not going to be a possibility next year. Uh, it's not a priority trail. Um, and it's going to, it's going to cost a lot of money to do, 
Um, estimates are that it will cost $75,000 to build that trail. Um, so, um, going to have to do some, some fundraising. <laughs> so, um, you know, stay tuned. Um, I, I definitely want to help raise money for that. Um, you know, we're, like I said, we're definitely going to have to donate through Hellbender, but, um, I'm going to try to come up with some other ways that we can help and generate some funds so that that becomes a reality. Um, because that will be a tremendous addition to Hellbender being able to run at a Camp Greer and run back and finish at Camp Greer. Um, you know, obviously a bummer that, you know, it's just, it's a matter of, uh, um, of quite a few things. Um, there are quite a few studies that have to take place, um, archeologically, uh, they have to make sure that there's nothing there that the, the Troy, you know, the trail will, um, interfere or destroy. Um, they have to do the NEPA study, um, and study that studies the, um, the, the ecological systems, making sure that there's no, um, endangered flora or, um, you know, it won't affect, um, uh, the water, um, shed or, you know, any of those things. So, um, a lot of things have to be done in order for that to become a reality. So, um, not going to happen for 2022, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, we'll stick with the course we have at the moment. So um, just an update there, but you know, want to let you guys know. Um, if you want to donate to G5, like I said, I will put the, uh, the website in the show notes. You can go there and, and donate. Um, they're always looking for volunteers. They have uh, work days almost every week that you can sign up for on the website. So please check out G5. Um, help out if you can. That'd be tremendous. Um, it's a really, really good cause. You know, like I said, they're doing great things for our trails. So um, want to support them in whatever way possible. Um, so thank you to those guys. So I would also like to say uh, congrats to a friend and um, uh, another previous guest, Patrick Regan, um, for an outstanding effort at the uh, jackpot uh, 100 miler. Uh, man, I mean, it sounded uh, really rough. Uh, one of my athletes that was running, uh, she was uh, she had a really hard time with the heat. Uh, got you know into the nineties, and uh, it sounded like um, you know it just affected so many. I had, I had uh, another female friend that was racing, and uh, you know it, it affected her as well. And I mean, it you know it's hard when um, those type of things are. Uh, are out of your control and, and trying to deal with them on the spot, especially when, you know, you're coming from a climate that hasn't, uh, really had any, any heat to speak of whether you tried heat acclimatization or not. Uh, you know, it's just, it's dealing with it. And, it, and I think the, uh, the front runners all, um, all had their own problems and, and dealt with it in their own way. Um, you know, Zach Bitter came out on top running 1252, winning the hundred mile road national championships, um, fantastic race. Uh, Jacob Jacobs Jackson was uh, second overall. Um, and then female Stephanie Flippin was third. Camille Heron took fourth. Uh, Micah Morgan, she was uh, third female and fifth overall. And then Patrick took sixth. Um, Patrick, like I said, he dealt with a lot, um, some calf issues. Um, I think, uh, we, we talked on the phone the other day and, and he said that he was shooting for, um, a higher calorie intake than he was used to. And, and it probably was just too much, uh, especially given the, uh, the heat, 
you know, his, his body was trying to process all of these calories and, and at the same time trying to, um, you know, adjust itself to the heat. So, um, you know, he had a great comeback. Uh, he, you know, I think he fell back to 10th or even out of the top 10 and, and came back strong the, the back half to battle back to, uh, to sixth place. So he podium. So congratulations to you, Patrick. Um, we're, uh, we're going to be hitting, um, a run camp trip, um, here this month, uh, well, May. So I look forward to, to catching up with him and hear more stories. Um, hopefully we'll record a podcast together and talk about things, um, Patrick's such a, a great guy and a great representative of the East Coast. So super stoked to see him up there. Um, and uh, once again, congratulations, sir. That was awesome. Um, and um, my son, Mr. Keegan, um, what a <laughs> what a cool start to the season. Um, Keegan just turned 14 years old. He's in eighth grade. Um, we had our first track meet. It was a home meet. And... Um, we had bought him the Nike, Nike dragonfly spikes. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with the dragonfly, the dragonfly is the equivalent of the, the 4% or the next percent or the vapor flies or whichever super shoe you want to, um, equate it to. Um, the dragonfly is a, a super spike, they call it. Um, it's got the, uh, the foam technology does not have carbon, um, it does have kind of a, a TPU, so a, a firmer plastic plate um, that runs through it, but it has um, a lot of cushion under you know the heel um, for a spike, uh, and it's the foam that's really the technology that's the assisting um, property. And so um, we got him a pair just because he's been having such a problem with his heel. The boy is growing. Oh, my goodness. He's getting so tall. And so he had severs in his heel because he's growing so fast that, you know, the um, the uh, tendon, the Achilles tendon was kind of pulling away from the heel just because how active he is. He's always running around. I mean, you know, we gave him time off and the kid can't sit still. So, um, but, um, you know, with that heel problem, we thought kind of this, uh, you know, a little bit more cushion under his heel would probably do him well. And, um, they fit him well. He liked him. And so, uh, Monday's meet was awesome. Um, he went out and, uh, um, led from the gun, um, charged out front, uh, ran a 69 first quarter. Uh, not the race plan that we had discussed. Um, <laughs> I had told him quite differently, uh, but as we know, uh, we don't always listen to our, uh, our coaches, let alone our parents. <laughs> so, uh, Keegan went out at 69 and then settled in, uh, you know, he, uh, he kind of settled in a little too much on the second lap. So, um, you know, I, I got him going on the third lap and, uh, came around and he was at the end of the straightaway and, uh, I thought he was going to break five, you know, he's uh, coming down and ran 501. <laughs> so, Stoked for him. That was a great season opener. Uh, he followed that with a, uh, um, a 59 on the uh, 4x400-meter relay, so super cool. Uh, he really liked the spikes. He had a good time. Um, you know, Stoked that he started out the season so well. I hope the rest of the season goes awesome. Um, I think my middle school PR was like four... I don't know, 450 something. I, I, I'm sure he's going to crush it. <laughs> so, um, it's awesome. I, I'm really stoked to see that for him. Um, which kind of brings me to the shoes. Um, uh, we've got so many options out there. Um, you know, with, uh, 
all of these companies making tremendous shoes. The technologies are truly changing the the face of the sport, uh, the times that are being run. If we, you know, look at the uh, the road world records that are falling left and right, uh, you know, we just had a, a female over in the UK. Uh, I believe she was Scottish that uh, ran the fastest uh, 5k on the roads. Uh, and I believe she was in the, the newest of the ASICs super shoes. Um, the, uh, the, the time was not sanctioned. Uh, it was not a certified course, so she was not granted the world record, but it was a world best time. Um, and then, you know, the uh, female, uh, half marathon one Oh four, holy smokes. That is smoking fast. Um, that was just run. Uh, and um, of course on the guy's side, you know, I mean, we, we know Elliot Kipchoge just destroying, uh, the marathon, um, you know, and, and running, uh, sub two minutes, sub two hours. Um, it's just incredible to see these performances, uh, whether they are in a sanctioned event or not. You know, records are falling left and right, and it's the same on the track because of these uh, these new spikes and this new technology. Um, and uh, you know, North Face has made the first crack at at, at making a uh, a kind of um, uh, carbon plated uh, trail shoe, uh, which I find super interesting. Um, I'm not a huge fan of very stiff shoes on the trail. Um, I like it to be flexible and move with my foot. Um, I am susceptible to ankle rolls and spraining my ankle. So, uh, I really don't like anything with a super high stack height. Um, you know, the, the, I think the thickest shoe that I ran on was the, uh, Evo Mafates, the Hoka, uh, Evo Mafate. Uh, I ran on that over at UTMB. Um, it, it seemed to have been a, a really good choice actually. Um, didn't really have any problems. A lot of it was, you know, pretty darn runnable. Uh, that trail is so well groomed because of the juice. <laughs> so, um, you know, I did have to be careful with my footing, but, um, yeah, that shoe seemed to move pretty well given how much, uh, stack height, you know, how thick that shoe really was. So, um, I don't have the, uh, the speed goat is not in my, uh, arsenal, if you will, anymore. Um, you know, Umstead, I used the, uh, I talked about the, um, the Topo Cyclone. Um, uh, that shoe is kind of, uh, what they would term a, um, road to trail shoe. So you could use it either surface. Um, and as I kind of said in, in my episode where I talked about Umstead, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's really much of a single track trail shoe. It's fine for like dirt roads. It was great for Umstead. You know, it worked really well for there. Um, I run a lot on, on my road by my house. If you look at Strava, you know, a lot of days I just kind of run back and forth on my road and my road is a, a gravel road, you know, dirt gravel road. And I, I use that, that shoe quite often. It feels really good on, on the dirt. Um, uh, so, you know, that, that shoe I, I used a lot in my training for Frumstead because that's what I was training for. Now, uh, here I am, I'm training for something completely different. So, um, I've started to kind of, um, you know, research and, and kind of go, um, and look at, you know, other shoes that I feel, um, might fit my needs for, for racing, um, I've got some, um, some races that I've signed up for, uh, you know, the, basically, um, I'm hoping obviously that, uh, I get to race hard rock, right? So, 
Uh, number 17 um, on the wait list. The wait list has not changed since December. It has not been updated as we don't have an update as to whether the race will take place or not. Um, so I still remain on that wait list. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for a shoe that I feel comfortable, you know, doing a lot of, uh, you know, steep climbs and hiking with, um, my backup hundred miler in case I do not get into hard rock is grindstone. Um, I've run grindstone in the past. Um, ironically, I chose, um, a road shoe by innovate to start out in it was called the road extreme um pretty minimal shoe uh but it just it, it if i could compare it to anything it was a probably similar to the um the uh merrill bear access that i like so much um and i, I switched into the uh trail talon um 235 um at the halfway and ran back in that because it was just so wet and i needed a little more traction um I've become a huge fan of um, Innovate's new, um, it's the Terra Ultra G, the 270. Um, the first iteration uh, was the 260 G, which uh, is their graphene. Uh, it's the uh, outsole material, um, but they've now introduced it into a midsole foam, which I will talk about in another shoe, but this uh, Terra Ultra G uh, has it in the outsole, uh, but the midsole is so comfortable. I'm really, really loving the uh, the Terra Ultra G270. It's um, it's zero drop, but it's super comfy. Um, you know, nice protective, um, feels really responsive underfoot. Um, love the way it moves. Uh, great toe box. Uh, it's you know, it's nice and wide. So. Uh, I could see myself doing quite a few miles in those. That would be something I, I would probably bring out to Hard Rock uh, as well as use at uh, uh, Grindstone if that's uh, if that's what's going to happen. Um, and then uh, the other shoe, which is the Innovate's new shoe, is the um, goodness. Uh, this one has a super long name. It's the Trail Fly Ultra G three hundred. <laughs> I think I got that right. Um, my goodness, that shoe, um, is, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's brand new. Uh, it's a six mil ramp. That is the shoe now that they've added graphene to the midsole. So the foam now has graphene in it, which, uh, is supposed to kind of give it the energy return properties that, you know, we're hearing about in some of these other shoes, the super shoes supposed to last longer and, and, you know, give more energy return to the, the runner. But, um, I've used it. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it has a decoupled heel and by decoupled, there is a break, uh, just before the heel so that the shoe is able to flex. Uh, whereas, um, you know, Hoka is, um, uh, it has a, uh, a rocker to it and, the, the, um, the bottom of the shoe is, uh, um, is just one piece, uh, total ground contact, if you will, um, the uh, the Innovate does have a um, a split at the heel so that it does flex and doesn't have to rely on the rocker as much. I feel like it moves uh, a little bit better in that regard. Um, I don't, you know, it doesn't feel clunky. It, it um, even though it's it's not as as thick as a Hoka. Uh, I saw you know one comment um, on I think it was like uh, Innovate's Facebook post uh, where you know somebody was like starting to look a little too like Hoka. Well, I mean, Hoka's doing really well. Uh, a lot of people are buying it, and you know, a shoes company's job is to sell shoes, so they have to uh, 
make shoes that the market's going to buy, you know, and I like, I think they came out with a, a really good iteration of kind of a maximal cushioned shoe. Uh, like I said, super comfortable, moves well. Uh, the upper feels really good. Uh, you know, I, 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 I hesitate to say it's on the same last or the same shape as the Terra Ultra. Uh, it, it does feel like a little bit more tapered, whereas like the Terra Ultra has more of a rounded toe box. The trail fly feels a little bit more tapered. Um, really wish they would have put that uh, Terra Ultra last, the shape of that shoe, uh, and use that for the trail fly. Um, I hope I'm not getting too confusing <laughs> with all of these names, but, um, but a great shoe again. Um, I've always been a big innovate fan. Uh, I'm not affiliated with innovate, uh, at all anymore. <laughs> um, but still love their shoes. Um, you know, I've, I've done so much racing in them. Um, I signed up again for the ragged 50 K. Uh, Ragged Mountain 50K, that's up in New Hampshire. It's going to be the USA TF uh, 50K Trail Championships. It's August 8th. Um, so sign up for those just in case, again, that uh, I don't get into uh, to Hard Rock. Um, I plan on signing up for Twisted Branch up in New York, the 100K, uh, when that uh, registration opens. Um, you know, that's I'm kind of hoping that I can use that as a lead-in to, uh, to uh, Hard Rock if I do get in. Um, also signed up for the Tussie 50 mile championships. So Tussie's up in Pennsylvania. Um, it's on, um, the, uh, kind of forest roads up there. So they're dirt roads, super fast event, always has some really good finishing times. Um, so, um, looking forward to that. That's October. And I signed up for the Georgia sky to summit, uh, one of, uh, Sean Blanton run bum races and that's, uh, November 13th. So we've got some cool stuff just in case things don't happen. Um, wanted to have some some fun events to do. Those are some some big ones that uh, you know I really uh, wanted to do for a long time. Grindstone again was my first hundred. Um, so you know I'm, I'm trying to pick footwear that's going to um, allow me to um, you know to to race uh, these events. Um, I think um, you know if I do um, Twisted Branch, um, Hard Rock. Ragged Mountain, Grindstone, and Georgia's Guy to Summit. One of those three innovates that I mentioned, the uh, Trail Talon, the Terra Ultra, or the Trail Fly Ultra, one of those is going to be, you know, perfect for that race. I think Tussie is the only one that I may have to uh, go back to the drawing board. Um, you know, I, I potentially that might be another race for the uh, the Topo Cyclone. Um Shoes that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Topo is coming out with their Mountain Racer 2. I'm pretty excited about that shoe. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a really nice update. So, I, you know, I I hope so. I've been waiting for that to come out. So, can't wait to see it and put it on my foot, see what it feels like. Um, that's that's one that I, I really want to get and, and race in. Um, I have not. Uh, I had an athlete that got the, uh, the North Face shoe, and she's really impressed by it. Um, I, I, that one, like I said, I don't, you know, it's not for me, but again, you know, uh, not every shoe is for everyone. You have to decide what's your race, what you're comfortable in, how much cushioning, how much protection do you want? Um, how much traction do you need? Like all of those things, you know, um, uh, I run, uh, where I am, uh, through a lot of creeks and river crossings. So I have a lot of water crossings where I am, especially when I go running with my dog, um, you know, I'd like to make sure that we, he has plenty of water and can cool off. Um, so, 
you know, that said, I like stuff that drains quickly. It doesn't say, you know, really wet. Um, same thing, you know, uh, when I, when I go to socks, I want to make sure that, you know, they don't stay wet forever, um, that I don't blister. So, you know, when, uh, when I review shoes, I, I typically, you know, make sure that, you know, at least one of my first few runs, I start going through the water just to see how it drains. Cause that's going to be, you know, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of my running, uh, especially as the summer gets, you know, here and the humidity starts kicking in and uh, your shoes are just wet. Uh, no matter if, uh, if you do river crossings or not. Um, but, um, you know, thinking about those, those type of things, you know, like, are you primarily just running on gravel roads? So, you know, do you need, um, you know, that traction or do you, you know, do you want more cushioning? So, you know, taking those things into account because you're doing primarily all your miles, uh, you know, in training and the race is just one small portion of it. Now, hopefully you're replicating the course in your training, you know, close as you can. So what are the trails like? Uh, you know, is there much climbing? Uh, is there, you know, a lot of downhill? So, um, you know, take all these things in consideration when you're, when you're buying footwear. Um, obviously you want it to be comfortable. That's (laughs) first and foremost is it should be comfortable. And then when you look at its features, you know, are they applicable to, what you're training on, you know, where you'll be running, what, you know, what's the, what's the race like. So, um, be real cognizant of that when you make your choices, uh, that can be really difficult. Um, uh, you know, if, if you've never been to the area, so, um, yeah, I, I encourage you to, to look at, uh, race videos if you can and try to see what the trail looks like. Um, read race reports and what did the runners wear and, you know, what did they say about their choice in footwear? Uh, or if, you know, if, if they didn't you know, reach out to those runners and ask them, say, Hey, like, you know, in, in the comments, like, uh, you know, what did you wear? And, you know, would you wear that again? Or, you know, what would you recommend? Um, and then, you know, like, I can't stress enough, you know, go local, try things on, um, you know, try to buy local. Um, when we were, um, looking at Keegan spikes, um, we were in Chattanooga, uh, at, uh, uh, fast break athletics. Um, my friend Alan, Alan, uh, outlaw is, uh, is part owner there. And, um, I, uh, <laughs> we were there and, uh, you know, Keegan's trying on spikes and, uh, Nike always has, you know, some crazy color and, and they called it mango and it was a little too kind of, I guess, pink for, for Keegan's taste. Uh, and, um, you know, he, he started looking on his phone and I couldn't stand that when people did that in front of me in, uh, you know, in the run store, like I just, you know, spent a ton of time with the person and, uh, here they are looking for a different color and, you know, how quickly can they get it? So I told Keegan, I said, no, like, you know, if you like these spikes, we're, we're buying these, this color right here. Cause it's here, you know, they're, they've helped us, uh, you know, it's color doesn't matter. It's just, you know, it's supporting these guys. That's what we were about. So I encourage you guys to do that. Um, you know, especially right now, our local shops need us, uh, you know, those, those big box brands that are, that are online and such, I know it's convenient, but, um, you know, they, they, they don't need us as much as the small local shops do. So please, uh, try to shop local, um, you know, check out, check out, see what they got, um, you know, and, and try to get it from them if you can. I know they don't have everything. Uh, and, and you know, you definitely want to try, uh, different shoes out. 
Um, there's so much out on the market right now. And as I said, each shoe company is really trying to make a push to come out with, um, you know, some, some amazing, some amazing footwear. Um, technologically, uh, we're really trying to, um, make huge advances. Obviously. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're obliterating world records left and right because we're, uh, we found, you know, these materials that can, that can help runners take us to a new level. So, um, you know, is it, and you know, there's always the conversation is, you know, is it, should it be legal? I, you know, that's, that's another conversation, you know, it is right now. Um, so, I mean, you know, other runners are, are using it, uh, you know, and, and I mean, if it gives you that advantage and it's legal, uh, I mean, I don't see why, you know, why people can't, um, so, um, but enough of that soapbox, <laughs> I, I really, I, you know, I encourage you to go out there and, and make sure, you know, that your footwear is doing what it needs to do for you, you know, use it in your, uh, your long runs and make sure that you don't feel any hot spots or get any blisters or feel any rubbing. Uh, it doesn't feel loose, um, you know, in any spot, it feels secure, uh, toes feel like they can move. When I get into the episode with um, with Scott and Joe, we will talk more about uh, the the fit and function of footwear um, and what you should be looking for. Um, you know, a, a little bit about my past history, just to to help those out there that that may be suffering from um, from plantar fasciitis. I had plantar fasciitis for about two years. Uh, my foot had grown so accustomed to wearing um, um, just I would say average footwear, you know, hookah wasn't a thing, uh, at the time when, uh, when I had plantar fasciitis. Um, but, um, I had grown to rely on the footwear rather than the strength of my foot. And my foot had just, uh, become so weak that, you know, I, I couldn't you know, pull my toes back. Like I couldn't, uh, pick up a, a towel with my toes. Um, if you did like a arch crunch, I, you know, I really couldn't pull my toes back. It had just gotten so weak. Um, and then I had tried to alleviate it, uh, with, um, you know, some, some orthotics to, to let it rest. But the underlying problem was it just wasn't strong enough to support me in all the running I was doing. So, um, you know, obviously through physical therapy and exercise strengthening, um, you know, I, I started to regain the strength in my foot, but I also started to wear more minimal footwear. Uh, you know, that was, um, I was definitely, um, when, uh, you know, born to run came out, I was definitely, uh, one of the like real skeptics about what they were touting for minimal footwear. And it's not to say that I use minimal footwear, um, all the time. I don't, um, as you just heard, I, you know, I've, I, you know, I have Hoka. I still have the Tornet too. That's, that's still in my shoe closet. Um, I, I, I've used the speed goat. Um, you know, I have the Clifton's on the road. So like I do have maximal footwear. Um, and I do really, um, you know, feel that on certain days, I'd rather just be wearing something that has a lot more cushioning under my foot, especially when I'm trying to recover. Um, you know, it's, so there is a place for it. Uh, but I don't want to be in that 24 seven. As a matter of fact, my, my daily footwear, if I go, you know, out to the grocery store or I'm out with the kids, I wear minimal footwear. Um, I've got a, a zero, the X E R O. Um, I've got a pair of their casuals, um, that are very minimal. 
Um, I have actually, uh, picked up a pair of the, uh, Vibram five fingers, which I never thought I'd have. Uh, I wear those around the property a lot, just walking outside, doing some work, uh, mowing the lawn, whatever it's, it does. It strengthens your foot, you know, while still giving you some protection. Uh, not to say that that's for everybody, but you know, like I said, they each have their, uh, their place. Uh, my feet don't hurt at the end of the day. Even if I'm standing up all day, you know, I have a stand up desk. Um, I usually work barefoot. Um, and, and try to be out of shoes if I'm at home and working at home. Um, just so I use my feet and, um, and just trying to keep them as strong as possible. Uh, cause that's the foundation, you know, everything starts down at the feet. So, um, you know, every once in a while, uh, yeah, I'll do, you know, something in, in more minimal footwear, you know, my workouts and stuff, I still like, uh, more minimal style, like road racers and such. Um, you know, every once in a while I'll do a short run in, in a more minimal style of, uh, of footwear. Like I said, I don't run in the, the Vibram five fingers. Um, I do have a pair of zero trail shoes. Um, and, uh, you know, if I'm doing a short single track run, you know, I'll wear those just, uh, to kind of, you know, let the foot move and flex and, and induce, you know, some, some strengthening with it. But, you know, if I'm doing more miles, uh, I have a little bit more protection under my foot. You know, it's, it's getting to learn your level of comfort, um, and, uh, and what your body can tolerate. Um, you know, it's, it's not to say that we should be in minimal footwear 24 seven, although, you know, like companies like zero feel that, you, you know, you should, um, which some people can, and some people can't, um, you know, my wife, for example, you know, she has very delicate sesamoids and, uh, minimal footwear would absolutely destroy the sesamoid is a small, almost pea sized bone. Uh, there's two of them by the big toe and she's already had one removed. So if the other one breaks, she's in a lot of trouble. So, uh, you know, we can't have her in that minimal style footwear. She does need a little bit more protection. Um, just one example, but you know, there's plenty of others out there, uh, you know, that if they were in more minimal style footwear, you know, perhaps, uh, it would annoy, annoy a neuroma or, you know, who knows? Uh, but you know, I, I'd like to say that you should have a smattering, you know, of, of different styles of footwear, um, to keep the foot strong, uh, and work the foot as well as let the foot relax at other times so that it doesn't get overworked. Um, it is great to have strong feet, um, but it is also great to not be injured. And I think that varying the, uh, the amount of cushioning that you have as well as the ramp, uh, you know, um, I, I have all sorts of, of ramp style shoes. Um, I've, I've kind of determined that if I go past eight millimeters of ramp, I really feel uncomfortable. I don't like higher than eight millimeters of ramp. Um, you know, I, I, I'm more comfortable in four or six millimeters. Um, zero is even fine. I don't wear zero all the time, obviously, but, um, you know, having that mix allows for my Achilles to kind of, uh, you know, be shortened and lengthened and, um, use different muscles, um, uh, through the calf and the leg, uh, shin, uh, you know, just all sorts of tendons that, uh, you know, get stretched out by all these different ramps. So, if you can swing it, it's great to have kind of a variety of footwear and not just have, you know, the same thing throughout, uh, you know, and I, I know Altra is a, a great company, uh, at zero drop, but you know, I like, like I said, I like having a variety of ramps, um, you know, and, and, um, and being able to, to put on a higher ramp, you know, one day where, you know, maybe my, my Achilles, is a little tender or my calf's a little bit sore. 
uh, you know, it's nice to kind of have that little extra ramp to, to let them relax for, for a day or for the training. Um, so keep those things in mind. Um, you know, not to say that you're wrong if you're wearing ultra all the time. Um, you know, I know people do it all the time and it's what works for you. Um, just giving you my perspective and, uh, you know, some thoughts. So, um, I think that's all I got for you guys today. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm so <laughs> lethargic and, and sleepy. That second shot kind of just, uh, made me a little bit tired. So, um, but thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, I, you know, and as I said, I've got some guests coming up. Um, so you don't have to hear from just me, but, um, I, you know, I appreciate your ears. Thank you guys. Uh, as I said, May newsletter coming out here uh, within the next week. So if you haven't signed up for that, hop on over to mrrunningpains.com and uh, subscribe to that. Old newsletters and old podcasts are all archived on that website as well under the Connect With Me page. So you can find uh, all of those there. Uh, there's a search button if you're looking for something specific, uh, a specific episode or, or something that I've talked about. Um, check out the show notes for details on all the stuff I've gone over today. Uh, I'll try to have a link to the, uh, the shoes I've been talking about, um, as well as some of the websites and such, um, and results that I talked about in this episode. Um, as always, thank you to my Patreon supporters. Uh, really appreciate you guys, uh, helping me keep this going. Uh, about to release another new, uh, YouTube video, working on a couple of others as well. Uh, but you can go over to YouTube and just search Aaron Saft and you'll find, uh, my channel and see some of the stuff that I've put up there. Uh, so, you know, the Patreon guys, you guys help me keep going with YouTube, uh, this podcast and the newsletter. So thank you guys. If you can support on Patreon, there's a link on my website as well. God, I certainly appreciate it. If not, if you, uh, can just leave a, a review, um, or like it or share it, any of those things are super helpful. Um, really appreciate your time, guys, and your ears. Uh, until next week, Aaron Saf signing off for episode number 63. Keep on running.